Hey gang, welcome to episode 85 of the No Persinium podcast, your guide to immersive entertainment. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. Today on the show, our man in New York City, I love saying that, Zay Amsbury is talking to a friend of No Persinium. She hasn't been on the show yet because she's been gallivanting all over the world with her show, Broken Bone Bathtub. That's right, we're talking to Sean O'Loughlin today. Um, Sean's show has, I'm serious, it's been all over the world. It's, been, it's a one-woman show. Uh, all it requires is a bathtub and an audience. Um, because it, anyway, I, I mean, it sounds really silly. Um, it's, a, it's a solo piece. Uh, it's so if you've seen a solo shows, uh, like a regular solo show, like on a stage, you know, you, you know, it's sort of a, a dialectic type action thing. You get a story told, um, Schwann, uh, engages the audience in a conversation. So it sort of melds our, our worlds here of, of performance and conversation, uh, all in the very intimate confines of, a a bathroom or the bathtub and the, uh, the audience winds up, uh, couple of them, they help her take a bath. So uh, it's it's not salacious, however, no matter what LA Weekly tried to make me seem like. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't even know if that comes up in this episode because uh, it's a Zay episode. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it as you guys listen to it. Uh, I'm just a fan today. Today, I'm just a fan. Let's get down to the news and notes and some business. Uh, well, let's start with some business. A word from our sponsor. Our sponsor being you, our wonderful Patreon backers. Last week, uh, if you made it to the credits, well, I don't mean you would have stopped the interview. I mean, you would have like, oh, here comes when Noah is done. So I'm not going to listen anymore. Um, like he's just going to tell us stuff. Click. Uh, if, you, if you made it to the, the end credits, you would have uh, heard me... Uh, shout out who our new Patreon backers are. Something I usually do at the t- towards the top of the show, but last week was last week, so I uh, I didn't manage to do that. So let me correct that right now. Also, no one else has jumped in this whole past week, so uh, our latest Patreon backers are Brett Cooner and Jessica Locknall. Um, again, no one, no one, no one, they didn't contact me and tell me if I'm mispronouncing names. So that means like, I know no one listened, like not even Brett and Jessica, uh, a little bit more about Jessica in a second, but a big thank you to our Patreon backers. We have recently hit the $150 goal, uh, which is going to ensure the future of the newsletter because uh, we've hit a couple of the MailChimp limits and we're about to hit a big one. Uh, and and by about, I mean, I give it a month. Um, and then we, we needed this money. So thank you all so much. Uh, the next goal is 200 bucks a month. And when we do that, uh, I'm... <laughs> This is one where I feel a little silly. It's like, I'm going to do like an online video chat once a month uh, for, for backers. Um, and uh, that's going to be uh, just for Patreon backers, uh, sort of an online office hours in video chat form. We also we're, we're doing office hours when we can over at the Slack. The Slack's been um, a little quiet on my part, but definitely active with other people for the past week. Uh, more more on that probably in a second. Um as I tell some other things organically, let's do some quick news here. Um, let's uh, we've got LA and New York issues coming out this week. We had the West coast issue just came out. I know Southeast is being worked on. 
Cindy has Cindy's uh, has two kids, so um, you know sometimes the kids uh, they take precedence over the newsletter. Uh, I completely understand, but I know she's working on it. Hopefully, we'll get that out uh, really, really soon. Um, L.A. West Coast issue got a chance to announce because like right before I was going to put the issue out, Shine On Collective, the folks who brought us Devoted, you can listen to their episode, go page back through the podcast feed, you'll, you'll find them. Um, they announced their new show, it's called To The Wild, uh, and I think the first, there's going to be two instances of it, one's going to be in Van Nuys, one's going to be in Los Angeles uh, proper. I think the first one is at, uh, I think it's at a brewery, if, if I read that correctly, if my brain is, is helping me remember things. Um, and uh, it's rooted in Irish myth and legend, uh, which is my favorite thing. Full stop is my favorite thing. So <clears throat> you, you know I'm itching to see it. That's coming up next month. Hold on a second here. <clears throat> I'm sorry about that, everybody. Um what else is there to know? Oh, that workshop that, that we're hosting uh, with uh, Marissa from Third Rail Projects. Yeah, it's sold out, so uh, you were late. Sorry. Um, hopefully, we'll get, because uh, it, it sold out so quickly, Marissa will be like, oh, i got to come back and do some more. And, um, and also, because of how quickly it sold out, I'm definitely looking at the idea that um, we we got to sponsor some more of those. Um, okay. Uh, mentioned this last week uh, down at South by Southwest this year. Uh, our friend Brian Bishop is hosting a panel with the folks from Tension. So if you're going to be at South by, you probably really want to check that out. Brian had a an article on The Verge last week about immersive in VR. It was it was it was great, and I think everyone should go and and check that one out. Uh, you can find that in our our feeds and also uh, also on the Slack channel. Um, two pieces we we were finally we got our butts in gear two pieces made it into the medium collection this week what what the first is from the aforementioned jessica Laganal. um there i just said it differently um jessica you you need to tell me how to pronounce your name oh my god i'm gonna keep butchering it until you do um just to slack me like just like you're like this is how you do it idiot um jessica wrote up uh amazing piece an amazing piece about her experience at uh, fear is what we learned here in San Francisco. Um, Spoiler warning on that one, because uh, Nick and company at screenshot are thinking of bringing that down to LA, this version of the show. So if you're, if your heart's set on it and you're in Los Angeles, you might want to uh, avoid this one for now. Um, but it is a, an amazingly written piece. Uh, it's the kind of writing that, oh heck, it's the kind of writing I aspire to have us do at No Persinium, and that occasionally I think maybe I, I I touch upon. So I can't be I can't be prouder that we were able to give that a home. Uh, I know Jessica was was looking for a publication, uh, you know, to pick it up in order to um, get some wider views on it. Um, and, and I was hoping that was going to happen for her too, but we decided to go ahead and, and give it a home here for now. Uh, Jessica's also uh, been talking to us about maybe uh, coming on board when uh, Albert w- walks away from San Francisco. I know, I know, uh, I, I don't want it to happen either, but but from what I know, he's going somewhere else that's cool, so he's going to be able to help out there. <laughs> I'm going to make him help out. I don't know how, but I will. Um, yeah. Wow, that was way more information than we were expecting. Anyway, uh, if you're not holding out to get 
you know, like uh, unfettered vision of it yourself, uh, do read Jessica's piece. Some idiot named Noah Nelson also wrote something about VR. I don't know. No, actually, um, <laughs> this was a piece. Speaking of, um, I'm not going to name names, but like speaking of uh, fi- trying to find an outlet, this was a piece that was uh, parked with an outlet for about two weeks. And uh, still, I still like the people who work there. It, it, it's a small shop. There was a lot of news in VR. Things happen. I understand. Uh, what was sad about it was that this piece is the the top half of it is about Exit Reality, which is a pretty cool startup out of San Francisco uh, that has some immersive theater ties um, that uh, is you know, doing pop up VR installations like samplers in like normal human normie Monday muggle venues. And I got to pick one. I'm going to pick one. Let's have a poll. Uh, about how I describe normal people who aren't into this stuff. Um, we'll get to that later. But Exit Reality is, um, I had a long conversation with the CEO, Yoni, and his business partner, and it was just fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic, and I really like what they've set up. And you get to go down to these venues, and you just get to try the stuff for free. And for people who haven't done VR at all, that's so important. Um and in the back half of that article, it was about my sort of accidental um, discovery of, and discovery is the wrong word, but I, I found out that the IMAX VR, um, the IMAX VR was just straight up um, hanging out across the street from the farmer's market in LA and uh, unannounced. And so I wrote it up. And then last week, Los Angeles Magazine wrote it up, and so I'm, I'm yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that guy who's annoyed about the fact that he got scooped because his piece was sitting in editing. That was a very, very, very long way just to say that you know, I just want to be able to say first, guys. I just want to be able to say first. That's what this is all about. It's true. I can't lie to you. Anyway, okay, enough histrionics. Um, yes, I'm back to my old self after after a kind of trying week. Uh, the computer is also being really, really kind of weird right now, which is why my cadence just fell off. Um, uh, if you think like, wow, Noah's sounding like he doesn't know what he's saying, it's because the computer is, um, I've maxed out its RAM, clearly. And no, really, I had to reboot the computer because it totally shut down, which is why there's a little break right there uh, that sounds odd. But that's good because I remembered two things I was going to tell you guys about uh, that I almost left out this week, which would have been a shame. The first is uh, it's out of Sundance. Uh, this this came up uh, earlier this week. Uh, there's this brilliant projection mapping artist uh, who uh, trades under the name a dandy punk. And uh, it's actually in a show we recorded earlier this week. Uh, I talked at length about the Sundance piece. So going to hold off on undoing that too much because we might actually run that episode uh, next week uh, or the week after. But um, he's going to have a full multi-room immersive uh, experience set up uh, in one of the cities that we cover in uh, in the West coast edition that is not LA and not San Francisco. So I don't know if I can say exactly where he is yet, but I will say that a dandy punk, uh, is a performer with Cirque du Soleil, uh, or, or has been in the past. 
And uh, if you know about Cirque du Soleil on the West Coast, you can probably put all the pieces together. Uh, very, very exciting news that. And now news from another city we don't get to talk about all that often. And honestly, I, I, I'm excited about the fact that we are going to be talking more about it. And that's Cleveland, which I got to visit over this past summer, as some of you know. And, and I really enjoy Cleveland qua Cleveland, uh, something I was not necessarily expecting. And I just fell in love, particularly with the buildings downtown, because that's, as we well know, that's the kind of nerd I am. There's a company out there uh, who I know check out the show. I know they're they're part of it. I think one of them is a Patreon backer. Maybe two of them are Patreon backers. Uh, that company is called Roaring Third Productions, and they've got a show coming up uh, called Shadow of the Run, and it's going to be about Elliot Ness and the Torso Murders, which is a, a, a I don't want to say great noir story because it's a true crime story, and there's nothing great about a murder called the Torso murderers with a torso killer if you think about it uh there was a, a brian michael bendis comic book about it at like the turn of this century uh which was absolutely fantastic um again if if crime is your thing uh, and sometimes it's mine one of the reasons why it's notable is that the russo brothers who you might know if you're fans of community or if you saw this indie movie they did called uh captain america uh the winter soldier and uh, and the, its follow up, uh, an art house piece called Captain America: Civil War, um, and who've been tapped to make um, an obscure movie uh, called uh, Infinity War or something like that by this group Marvel. I don't know. Anyway, so these filmmakers who made some who made the best episodes of Community, uh, they're uh, they're involved in the process. They've they've become uh, uh, wrapped up in this. Um, they're, they're partnering, partnering with Roaring Third, uh, to develop Shadow of the Run in Cleveland. And, uh, it's just, it's exciting, um, because the, the scale of, the scale of immersive work in all sorts of places all over the country, uh, is, is, uh, bringing joy to my heart. You know, it brings joy to my heart, having Zay meet a performer that, I adore, uh, which is what you're about to hear. It's what I'm about to hear because we're listening to this one together. Okay, hello. This is Zay Amsbury with No Proscenium, New York City, and I am here in an actual, we're sort of like hijacking a recording studio, and I'm here with... Siobhan O'Loughlin. Siobhan O'Loughlin. I told her I would have her say her name, so I didn't, <laughs> so I didn't mess it up. So we get it right. Um, <laughs> so Siobhan has been traveling the world with a show called Broken Bone Bathtub. So for the uninitiated, can you give people the skinny on this show? Sure. So the, the, the premise is that uh, I am your friend, I have uh, broken my hand in a bike accident, and I have a big cast that goes down to my elbow. So I request that I can um, come to your home and borrow your bathtub, and I request uh, and I seek your assistance um, in the bath. And so you, my friends, will join me <laughs> for an hour uh, while I take a bath. This is it, it's so great because I, I I think I talk about this a lot, but Michael Tara Garver who. Um, she, for a while, she was the associate artistic director with Woodshed Collective, and she also worked with Punch Drunk. Mm. Um, 
And she has this guideline for when she directs immersive work, which is that the audience, like the especially if they have a high level agency, the audience needs to be cast. Like they need to know their role, mm. so that so that you're so that so that it it stops being about oh am I going to get the whole story oh is someone going to talk to me and more about now I know what to do. Like my goal this is my friend. I'm here to help her out. She broke her hand, mm-hmm. um, and there's something that like it it creates a kind of like a kind of abstract proscenium. Like it frames the it frames the evening. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because. This piece is also a solo performance, which is another categorical realm that includes a whole lot of baggage and (laughs) things like that. You know, but I think it's especially important for solo performers to know who their audience is um, because the audience inherently with a solo performance, um, they serve often as the other, as the scene partner um, because the performer is talking to someone allegedly so um so yeah so so for a piece like this uh having this this the stage set i guess Uh in uh such a way uh is is the crux of it i suppose now this show started in like it opened in in tokyo correct yes and was it performed in was it performed in English? It was, with uh, Japanese subtitles that we projected oh. above my head in a tiny Tokyo bathroom. And something that was plugged in that could fall into the tub, please say no? Well, we had a projector outside of the room okay. that was uh, that was operated so, by okay, good. So a there's Japanese no, artist. Like, possibility of shock? No, okay, no, good. there's nothing like that. And <laughs> yeah, so it was an audience of four per uh-huh. show, sold out. Um, and we could fit, we managed for that bathroom that we could fit the subtitles just above my head. Um, in the space, yeah, and and we, because because uh, I because I when I saw the show, I knew that it, I knew that it had played in L.A. Yeah, and but I didn't know that you uh, that you lived in Brooklyn for seven years. Yeah, and in my head, I was thinking, does she change where this accident happens ah. depending on the city she's in? But no, it's always it's okay. always in New York. Yeah, and um, we. So it's so a lot of people actually during this run have told me that this feels like such a New York story. Which it really is, does feel like a New York story. It's so interesting because I've never really thought of it that way. Um, but because the piece is so, uh, you know, conversational, right, I guess, right. um, we often, it often has an environmental tone. So people um, in, the, in the group will talk about the landscape of their own cities, mm-hmm. especially in terms of how they commute. How people get around, mm-hmm. um, uh, what the what the, the what the streets look like, what the sidewalks are like, um, uh, what the parks are like, what kind of animals, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because all of those things come up yeah. in the, in the landscape of New York. So it's great because it kind of you kind of get a, a city survey of um, of each place I'm in. So in LA, for instance, yeah, people were like, oh my God, biking in LA is certain death. You know, yeah, like, right? Yeah. So we talk, but but you meet people who are right. bike commuters who come to this show and, and have a lot of stories. I, it felt New York-y to me less, like less because of the, because of the outside, but because of the inside. Like, mm. like it, although I guess that I'm thinking about, I mean, like the joke for me when I first moved here from California was that in California, when you meet someone you go to their place pretty quickly. Like, there's a party, it's a party at someone's place. 
Whereas in New York, parties are often at bars. Like, Always. And if you, when you finally go to someone's apartment, it's like a deal. Yeah. And so there is something, like, in L.A. is the same. In L.A. is, like, in California, you go to people's places all the time. Even yeah. You just met them. And there, so there was something particularly intimate to me about going to a, both going to a stranger's place and imagining that I've invent, in, invented, invited a friend over to, to take a bath in the tub. Yes, you know? and... In, in Japan, it's even more personal. Mm, so yeah. uh, we had a staff member waiting, uh, you know, surreptitiously at the train station to walk the guests to the actual house. Oh, wow. So no address was ever revealed there. I see. Um, and in Ireland, they did it that way as well in Belfast to keep the privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so yeah, so in, you'd have a... You'd have a staff member just waiting at a at a located at a specific spot, which in Ireland it meant you know it was I was with a company called uh, Shot Glass and they do theater just in <laughs> Irish people. Can Shot you list of five obvious names for an Irish theater company, please? <laughs> the Guinness Man, uh, Drunk on the Floor, Shot Glass. And their thing is to do theater in pubs. So their their slogan was it's like it's like theater but in a pub. So they just crossed the P out and put a T and was like, Okay, well now we're doing That's adorable. It's really adorable. It's good. But it meant that at one point there was a woman, I think her name was Maggie, who like just didn't show up to the allocated spot where mm-hmm. Joseph was gonna walk everybody. So you just have you just have a bombastic Irishman screaming Maggie like <laughs> up and down the streets of Belfast because he couldn't find her. But you know, I think um, I agree with you that in a in a city like New York, it's hard to get people to. Uh, we yeah, we don't really go over to each other's homes. Um, it's a very personal. It's yeah. a personal thing, so it does add to the intimacy. Um, and hanging out in someone's bathroom also. Adds to a strange level of yeah. It's like it's like that moment you go to someone a uh, new person's house and you're like in and you go and you close the door to your business and then you like open the medicine cabinet. Oh yeah. Try and learn secrets. Yeah, yeah. You're like, Do they have lotion here? That's true. Yeah. Um, I, one of the things that really struck me about about the piece in terms of um, immersive theater is um, um, Immersive performers working very intimately with an audience is a very particular kind of of acting, and it, it brings together like the sort of close framing of like film or TV, but then also um, um, like a really intimate space between audience member and performer, and and especially when it's something like this where it's it's so personable and so and so intimate, and has to do with a real story. Um, but it felt incredibly fresh. I mean, the night mm. that I saw it, like it felt like a little community was formed yeah. uh, between all the people there. Yeah. And I wonder, um, had had you done any sort of intimate performance like this before? I'm a solo performer, so mm-hmm. I have two other plays that I've written that are for the stage mm-hmm. um, that I have been doing for for years and been teaching social justice and theater classes at universities and and things like that um workshops not full classes but i go in and mm-hmm. i perform and um and so i've i have experience of performing in uh intimate spaces mm-hmm. um as a solo artist who is connecting with the audience looking them in the face you know playing off of their responses, mm-hmm. feeding and, and feeling their responses. So uh, that, and I, I, I studied devised theater in yeah. undergrad. I went to an art school in England for a semester and mm-hmm. I 
learned about devising, and so I have some I have some experience and some training, I guess, in experimental. Yeah, there's a lot of I mean, you obviously know there's a lot of dovetailing between immersive and devising. Yes, definitely. But I've always, um, I've really primarily been almost solely working as a solo performer since I graduated from college um, seven years ago. So it's. This is definitely, this is my first full, like, experimental piece, mm-hmm. my first piece not on a stage, my first piece that depends so, so heavily. I mean, all solo work, it's just like stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. It really, solo performance really needs the audience to be um, present and active, you know. But this is a, obviously another level of active that is required. So it's my first time... Yeah, it's what, my first time trying. What this. are some of the things that you that you learned as you performed this piece in these spaces with people? Well, I sort of have three roles that I've set up for myself. Mm-hmm. So I guess the other thing I'll say is like being an activist and being a person who tries to always um, approach things with compassion and work with people and f- from a place of wanting to meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, that's stuff I've learned through activist uh, circles throughout my you know since high school when I started mm-hmm. to care about these things. So I think that that. Um, applies here but uh, so my my three kind of rules for approaching this when I perform is um, charm disarm and listen so when I start the piece um, I know that people come in and sometimes people will still come into the bathroom and they'll gasp because they're like oh my god the naked lady's right there and I have to sit right here mm-hmm. and they it, even though they know what they're going to they still it, it's 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 a little bit overwhelming yeah and you really... can convince yourself oh she'll be wearing a bikini she'll be wearing a skin colored leotard she'll or be it wearing... can't be that bad or yeah. the bathroom must be really big or, right and a lot of these bathrooms are a bit, you know <laughs> and sometimes hosts because hosts tell us how many seats they ha- they think we can fit they mm-hmm. don't we don't proof. We don't check the bathrooms. I don't have time for that. I have fifteen <laughs> locations. I'm performing, performing over fifty shows. I can't, uh-huh. you know. So so I show up and okay, your bathroom here it is. How many seats did you say we could fit? That's interesting. All right, here we go. So there's this, you know, a pillow in the sink or whatever it is. So um, I I know that people come in and um, oftentimes some people are genuinely excited, you know, mm-hmm. but oftentimes people come in and I know that they're. Uh, they're tense or they're a little bit overwhelmed yeah. by the proximity. The proximity is really, it's a lot, it, it's a lot personal, more personal than I've been with a lot of, you know, people I know really well or like lovers I've had or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The, the closeness that's, that's developed as we go. So the first, yeah. So my first intention is to um, charm you mm-hmm. so that you like me. So I have this kind of, I open with this sort of story, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just trying to get you on my side. I'm just enlisting you. Like, okay, here's my thing. Some insight into my personality. Some things that maybe you would relate to. It's stories that are not scary. It's nothing. I'm not. I'm not jumping into the blood bath yet, or the you know the right, things right. that have happened to me. I'm. I'm doing a. I'm just an in, a charming introduction so that you hopefully will like me and hopefully will trust me. And at that point, um, then I'm able to disarm you. So once you're on my side, then like, okay, I like her, I trust her. Now you could lower your guard mm-hmm. so that I can start speaking to you directly and that you will start sharing things with me. And and were, were, were the, the questions and answers, the interactive stuff, was that always part of the piece or did it sort of evolve over the lifespan it of it? totally developed in L.A., 
because in Japan, I didn't have language to experiment with. Right, I only right, had right. physicality. Right. Um, we had great talkbacks after the show with the translators, but we decided we didn't want to get that too. We didn't want to be too experimental with language in the space because、mm-hmm. I didn't want like a kind of conference happening in the bathroom. I wanted it to feel organic. Um, th- through physicality as much as possible, so it was a shorter show.、Mm-hmm. It was it was closer to a half hour, a little piece, and then we would have a, a talk back afterwards, sort of discussing the themes and、hmm. being able to have conversations about the stuff that was emerging,、mm-hmm. especially for me in development. So in LA, I just got really, I just started trying things and just asking people all sorts of different questions at different points, and I just started to feel more and more courageous with it as uh-huh, uh-huh. as people. So, so it was、accepted. literally like a like like an in the moment you were in the bathroom performing the piece, and you were looking at the people around you, getting to a certain moment in the piece, and then, and a question came to mind, and you just straight up asked it. Yes, that's wonderful. Yes, because the premise is such that you know I'm I'm going to friends when I need when I need help. This、mm-hmm. thing has happened to me, and I I I really felt it in in LA. I, It started really coming together for me. Like, oh, this feels really. There are these people here. They're curious. They're not sure what to make of this thing. I'm not sure what is to be made of this thing, but I,、um, I can. When I'm with friends in my normal life and I need help or I've been through something, if I'm talking to you about a problem, I might say, "Zay, do do you know how? Have you ever felt like that? Do you know what I mean?" And if you are my friend, hopefully you can say, "Well." Maybe you don't know exactly what that feeling is, but you, but there's something in your life where you try to resonate with me because that's how friends, that's how we communicate,、mm-hmm. and that's how we,、uh, that's how we heal. I think、um, by by sh- by giving and sharing, and so I think that、um, so those kinds of questions, I just felt them sort of naturally, like oh yeah, I wanna, I wanna hear if these people. It, If this is a similar feeling, have people actually felt the way that I was、mm-hmm. feeling? I'm embarrassed about that feeling, but I'm telling them. So maybe they won't. Maybe I won't. I'll be less embarrassed in this room and with my naked self. Oh my God! Do they all think I'm fat, or do they all think I'm gross, or do they all think I'm lame? Or maybe maybe they don't because maybe they know. You know, <laughs> maybe they know what this feels like. So it just sort of happened naturally, and and that was maybe a month long that run、mm-hmm. in LA.、Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of from there picked、um, my, the the progression that I wanted the questions to yeah, evolve yeah, yeah. in.、Um, that was I mean that was something we we talked about afterwards、um, is how. Gently, it moves from、mm. from super casual like questions about biking or I don't remember what it was like. Are you、um, yeah, running? Running exactly like things that are very physical and,、yeah. and outside, etc.、Um, two very intimate, intimate questions, and and、yeah. that that progression I thought was really lovely.、It、didn't feel like there were any like、um, fits and starts in the questions. It felt、thank、really natural.、You. Oh, thank you. Well, that's part of the disarming into the listening. Yeah.、Uh, process because the listening thing, I think, especially as performers, you know, you have to be a, a better listener than you do a talker. I think to be a good, to 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 be a good performer,、um, you have to gauge how the group is doing. And there's a lot of facilitation in this in this piece for、mm-hmm. me. Sometimes people will get into a conversation. There's been debate、um, last on Saturday night.、Uh, the audience was entirely. Mexican American and Iranian on the、Holy、day of the、shimoli. travel ban. Wow! The travel ban. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So, uh, there was a lot of so I so you serve as wow. There's a lot of work and that goes in, in in with 
hearing people. How did that go? It was amazing. It was so fantastic. And, you know, uh, so this young man is washing my back and I could hear his accent when he was talking to me. And I said, hey, where are you from? And he said, oh, I'm from Mexico, actually. I was born in Mexico City. And I said, how are you doing right now? <laughs> you know, and and without my incl- asking the man in the back, this is an audience of five, but mm-hmm. the man across the room, the small room, mm-hmm. he said, well, you know, uh, there's a Muslim ban too going on and we're, we're all here from, from Iran and we've been living here for 20 years. So, wow. and so he just volunteered that information mm-hmm. like to, he, he, I didn't, you know, I didn't elicit that from him as right, well. Right. It just, it just, the space had already kind of defined itself as, okay, we can, we can be here. We can talk yeah. um, and we can share and, but things would get heated, you know, because people have a lot a lot to talk about regarding those things and yeah. and it and it kind of cycles in the in the water here with the with the the themes of the of the peace and mm-hmm. of the things that cause us pain and 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 trauma um so so yeah so the listening part i think for any especially for immersive work i think it's like how is my audience doing not just you know um how are they are they are they giving me good answers you know mm-hmm. but how are they responding to my questions is that a question that that works is that something that everybody's feeling comfortable with and safe with you is know? there a question that you found that really didn't work consistently <sighs> no no i just started to actually dig deeper i just got mm. braver i uh that's nice right yeah. so I, I i used to ask more um, uh, soft, softer things. Softballs. Like, yeah, you know, we used to talk about our hands. So, what are some? What are the last things you? What's the last thing you you looked at your hands doing? Mm-hmm. Or we talked about animals and like, you know, have you have you ever held? I, I was one woman in L.A. was telling me a story about holding her her parrot when it when it died. Um, and so we we talked about God. yeah. It, um, and so I once. I've Must sort of, have probably been with her for thirty years or so. Those things live forever. <laughs> those things live forever. I know. <laughs> she was amazing. Um, so you know, there. Are, I started to kind of change the. Okay, I can ask. I can be bolder with my questions, mm-hmm. and I've also learned like when to apply pressure, and mm-hmm. when to let go. Mm-hmm. So often you might have someone who's like standing in the corner and like, oh no, I don't know about that, and I'm like, really, never, you know, and and I've often found that like you. You push a little, mm-hmm. like always give that nudge because like they deserve it. And, and maybe we all want to be given that nudge. We just yeah. don't have the opportunity. Yeah. The, I mean, the more of these things I go to, the more, the more it's, it seems to me that usually the issue isn't that people don't want to share. It's that they need to be given permission. And some people really need to be given permission in well, a more yeah. forceful and emphatic way. Like, no, really, it's, I really want to know. Yeah. You know? Well, this this one guy uh, in Astoria last Friday night, we were talking about crying, and he said, oh, it's probably been 10 years mm-hmm. since I've cried. And I said, do you cry when you feel sad? And he said, no. And I said, well, why do you think that is? And he said, I'm not sure I like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, everybody laughed, which is great because we can kind of dig into these places when we can mm-hmm. also find the humor in the discomfort, yeah. which I think is what... Is what's really nice about this show is how physically uncomfortable it gets. Like the way we're sitting or standing or the way I'm sitting is when I'm trying to keep myself covered is also uncomfortable. And, and there's sort of humor in that discomfort, which is also true of our own personal pain. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, when you're struggling, like I, my neighbor, uh, he's Turkish 
Um, he used to come in the mornings and used to help me get get dressed when my hand was broken. Oh wow! He's a, he was a college student at the time. He was so sweet and lovely, and and it was really embarrassing for me. Like I can't put my bra on, but like I, but he was volunteering to do that, and it was so uncomfortable. But we would also laugh, and I was so sad because I couldn't do it myself, and it it was so difficult. It's so hard and I, I think so much about people who have chronic pain and mm. illness or injury or physical or emotional things that keep them from doing things physically it makes you feel it makes you feel so low and so helpless and pathetic you know um but with the help of someone else who's there for me I found some space to laugh you know, yeah. and I think that that is, um, it's part of how we, how we get better. And the show is very funny. I mean, it's another thing that yeah. really helps everything or not, I'm not that it helps, not that it's like a, it's an integral part of the show, the humor. It seems yeah. Like. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And, and it's great because it's, it's all about breaking that. If we, if we can get past the awkwardness and the discomfort, there's a lot of humor to be had in our embarrassing stories and our sad stories even like there's space for both of those of those feelings I mean I was volunteering in refugee camps this summer in Greece and I was amazed at the at the humor and the sarcasm and the the joy oh yeah in in people from Iraq and Syria and and Afghanistan that I that I encountered every day yeah you know so I, I use that as an inspiration for this um regularly yeah it's great i have i have one more i have sort of like a technically question because i'm very curious so there are clearly parts of it they're obviously um improvised yeah um but then there are other parts that feel way more scripted that feel very that feel like they have a rhythm and a shape to them that feel very no i don't mean it like that i just mean that like um there's just a very different feel Mm. but i wonder about the transitioning into and out of that yeah um was that something that you had to learn is is it is it part of all of your uh solo work yeah, I mean, I sort of have a kind of ly- lyrical rhythm, I guess, when mm-hmm. I really get into the, 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 you know, performing, I guess, element, especially mm-hmm. on a stage. And there's some people who are like, oh, it sort of feels spoken wordy at mm-hmm, times mm-hmm. And, and that sort of thing. And I think that um, for this piece, I've, uh, I've, I've been seeking the balance of that because I think that the audience, or at least for me, it's important that... The audience doesn't just walk into a piece that is naked girl in the in the bathtub talks to me and I touch her mm-hmm. and she asks me things and then we left right like I still have a thesis I still have a a point that I something I want to communicate to you mm-hmm. and I'm doing that through our shared stories but also through my personal story mm-hmm. you know um, and so I think that there's like there's those transitional places. I think that those kind of help keep the energy going. If I can, mm-hmm. we listen, I listen, we talk, we go, okay, ha, 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 or, oh my gosh, that's so sad. And then you say something in response, mm-hmm, and now let's move on. And then, yeah. I, you know, going to the next place because it, I think changing that energy is important to right. keep people involved and to keep people willing to um, stay active as mm-hmm. active participants. Well, I also, I mean, I really liked, I really liked how, um, or I found it really, sorry, I was like a, I was a writing teacher for 15 years, and I always tell really? my students they could never use the word I like or I loved when talking about what they found Can in I a piece, a and class? I just did it. Do you teach classes now? I feel <laughs> no, like I'm writing I a need... book. Really? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll email you about it. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I found it really, um, 
I mean, I like what you said about, and I did it again. Um, <laughs> for me, the parts that felt spoken wordy mm. felt like a, like an exchange. It was when, when, when the questions were being asked, something was being elicited from us. Mm. And then, especially, especially, especially the part at the end with those really evocative set of of very poetic images that lifted it out of a conversational space and put it into a very poetic space that felt like um, felt like an <clears throat> an outlining of meaning or mm. or uh, 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 images that really helped us frame the meaning of the piece. Mm. Um, and for me, it capped things off in a very satisfying way. Oh, good. Um, oh, thank you. And it was you. just, it was, it was just, I, I, I would imagine the navigating all of that, like going from full on interaction, having no idea what the space is going to be like, what the reaction is going to be like, yeah. to more conversational parts and more sort of moth style storytelling parts to much more structured and poetic parts. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems, it seems simple, but there's so many different spaces that you're moving through in a very brief period of time. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks. I, um, I'm also a moth slampian as it were. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's it. That's in there. But, um, yeah, the ending of it is, uh, I don't know. It, it it's something that sort of happened, I guess, in a natural. Um, yeah. The craft or the writing of it. That's yeah. That's definitely written. Um, and now I have another question. Um, now I wonder, like, so there are parts when people are sort of like like helping you to take the bath. Yes. And there is soap. Now let's say that I was doing this and I was at the show. I'm asking for a friend, and I drop the soap. Yeah. Asking for a friend named No Nelson. <laughs> what what. <laughs> What might, like, what happens when that happens? So, I knew it was Noah. I can't remember how I knew it was Noah. Because I don't think we met before the show, but he was in the front and he was, you know. Oh, yeah. He was ready to go. Yeah. And If I hadn't um, been with Sarah, I would have been right in the front. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and he was there and, because uh, Ellie Weekly was there the same night that he was. Uh. And she was much farther. She chose to sit in the back. Mm-hmm. But I saw her writing. I can't, I don't think Noah was writing. Um, and she was really leaning in when people were doing things to me. And Noah, you know, she, she was like a real reviewer. She was really like doing yeah. her reviewing job. And and Noah, um, he, so he dro- he dropped the soap, and it was the first time it had ever happened because this was the I think Noah came to opening night in L.A. too. Oh wow! At my friend's parents' house in Burbank, it was wow. such fun. We were like his parents were out of town. He was like, let's do this, you know. Um, he was great. Did his parents know? I don't know. That's awesome. I still don't know. I'll never know. I won't ask him. Um, so, so he dropped the soap, and I it just hadn't occurred to me. You know, these things obviously they should occur to you, but it Absolutely. never occurred to me. So he and I just like looked at each other for a moment, and you could feel the stillness in the audience, like, <laughs> oh my god, like this is totally terrifying. And Noah just looked at me, and he was like, I'm going in, and he rolls up his sleeve and like plunges his hand in there. That's Noah. And I was like, and I was like, this guy, and maybe I don't know if it's like, and that's when I knew. He was no Persenia. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. But, you know, people have since dropped the soap many, many times. Mm. And uh, it really varies. You know, I, pre- I was performing on the Isle of Man. Um, mm-hmm. And these are Manx people. They mm-hmm. are not necessarily British people or mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to be aligned with English people. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. Love you all. Um, <laughs> but my friend Toby, I can call him out for this heat. So my friend is at this show. And it was his job to, to do the, the backwashing. And as soon as he came to me, he's just he's just sweating instantly, and he won't and he can't he doesn't know where to look. He's like, "Do I do this now?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's okay." He's like, "Where do I look?" I was like, "Uh, 
wherever you want. You can look at me. You can look at, at me if you want, at my face, and you can just do my bath. It's like my back. It's, it's okay. And he's like, what if I drop the soap? What if I drop it? And I said, we'll all be okay. Like, <laughs> So sometimes if, if I'm able to, if I really can't get it, right, because I'm trying not to flash the world. I'm really trying. So if, if, I can't, if I really can't get it without exposing a lot of myself, and depending on how low that bath bar is, mm-hmm. I could be exposing a lot of myself, uh, then I try to scoot forward maybe and see if they have enough space not to touch me mm-hmm. and, and still get it. Sometimes I can grab it. Um, you know, we we try to get it. You don't want it to sit there the yeah. entire time. No. Um, but yeah, a number of things, a number of dropping of of things or, you know, errors have have definitely manifested. And I think that those are great, and those were especially great in Japan because uh, it there was so much more room for play. Mm-hmm. And culturally, they don't have a lot of a very touchy, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, nature of things, yeah, and yeah. the respect is really high. So, so. It was really fun to like, okay, can you pass the conditioner and I'll pass it along and in and, and different ways of people like oops and uh and oh I'm so embarrassed and oh I'm so shy and um and finding the um you know, finding the fun uh in that. And 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 those are the moments, especially for a Japanese audience where everybody relaxes. Once that happens and it's so awkward and everybody mm-hmm. laughs, then it's like whew, and it's like it's more you know, we can relax in that strangely. Um that is awesome. Yeah. Well, I have one more question yeah. that doesn't have to do with Broken Bone Bathtub. Oh. Um, but before I ask that question, I just want to say, if you are in New York and you have yet to see this show, I think when this comes out, there'll be another week, I think, of performances. What date is it coming out? I think it's coming out of the week of February 13th. Okay, great. We're going yeah. to the end of February. Excellent. And we might go into March. People buy tickets. If you buy them, folks, we'll do more. <laughs> you want to see this show? And these are really, really good. Uh, uh, this is a really, really good like starter drug for immersive theater. Like if you are if you are mm. into this stuff, and you have a friend or a partner who has been doubtful or isn't willing to like lay down a hundred whatever dollars for then she fell. Right. Um, this is a really, really great first step. Uh, you are in very good hands. Thank you, Zay. Um, so I, I, I feel like I would be remiss not to ask something about the world right now. And okay. it sounds like you have been an activist for a really long time, which means that through whatever veils you have seen and felt the woes and conflicts of the world, even before they have bubbled to the surface in a way that must be clear to everyone, um... And I know there are a lot of people who are getting into activism now who haven't before, who are trying to balance a day job and an artistic life and relationships and and also trying to help make the world a better place. And it's a very difficult thing to manage. Um, and you are someone who is an activist, who's had a touring show, who has to pay, who has to eat food somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any words of wisdom? for people who are new to this world. Yes, and I'm going to quote uh, a friend of mine, um, Robin Laverne Wilson, whose performance name is Dragonfly, um, and she also ran against Chuck Schumer on the Green Party ballot for <laughs> Senate. Um, so she's a pretty fierce uh, fierce um, lady and, and black tris, as she calls herself. And she says um, uh, that you need to find the space in between pace yourself and urgent af 
And I think that that is really important right now. I felt it too. Um, I take it urgent as fuck. Urgent as fuck. Gotcha. <laughs> we can say that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Urgent as fuck. So uh, everything is urgent as fuck right now, but you also need to be able to pace yourself uh, in the work that you do. So um, stay active and present, and but remember uh, to take care of yourself and your physical health. I canceled a meeting this week for refugees because... I was physically not able. I just have had a cold for over a week since the inauguration. I don't know why I'm physically sick since the inauguration. Shocking. Um, shocking. Um, but I did that because I'm not going to be any use to the revolution if I'm not feeling well. Um, otherwise, uh, what's nice about social media is that there's lots of resources available, but also you don't have to read every single article that makes you depressed. You don't have to let that friend that makes people feel guilty for just starting something. Don't that friend, you don't no. you don't have to feel guilty. You are not deserving or earning of guilt or shame right now and surround yourself with people who support you and not people who critique you because the left right now is really good at being angry at each other and having a lot of useless fights while conservatives are like taking away our rights every day so um so work with those who are positive and who are proud of you for starting as opposed to judging you for not having begun 10 years ago yeah and thank you so much. That is all excellent. That that silent sound you heard was me nodding emphatically. <laughs> um, and the other thing I would say along these lines um, is two things. Is one, um, there are people who have been walking this path for a long time, and they have uh, they have wisdom and thoughts and experience to offer. Um, don't be greedy about it, but maybe if you can find a mentor or two, that might be really, really useful. This world's been going on for a long time. Um, and the other thing I would say is if you are an immersive arts practitioner anywhere in the world, um, immersive art demands that the audience has agency. It asks audience to make choices. It doesn't offer a complete story. There's a picture that the audience has to build and then act on that picture that they've built. Um, it's, it's a formal part, whether it is um, immersive theater coming, immersive art coming from the world of theater or fine arts or direct action, or dance, it all has that feature in some way. And it's impossible not for that for that not to be political. And I really, really hope to see some really sparkling and funny and fierce and erudite and sexy and whatever it needs to be stuff from you people, because uh, I will be watching. And uh, now is the time. Now is the time. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Zay. And uh, brokenbonebathtub.com will meet all your bathtub needs, including if you are located uh, anywhere. East Coast is great for me right now, but if you know of a bathtub anywhere and uh, you think I need to perform in it, there's a contact form on my website as well. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. This is Zay and Siobhan saying goodbye from New York City. Bye. Bye. Once again, just want to thank Siobhan O'Loughlin for being our guest on the show today. See, I, uh, I butchered it at the top of the show, and now I got it right. Why? Because Zay's smarter than I am. You can find Siobhan on Twitter at 
S-I-O-B-H-A-N underscore solo. That's how you find her on Twitter. You can find Broken Bone Bath on Twitter at Broken Bone Bath. That one you won't have any problems with. I adore Siobhan. I really do. So, uh, I mean, you heard me at the beginning of the show talking about how I like Irish myths and legends. And basically, uh, she kind of is. How can you find? How can you find all of us? Well, actually, before I tell you how to find us on Twitter, um, I'm actually re-recording this ending because of how much of an idiot I am. But also because I got some late-minute news that uh, those of you who stick around for the whole show deserve to hear. And that is that the organizers of Have You Seen Jake here in the Southland are letting me know that they've found a way to add a couple more slots to their final experience yesterday, today, and tomorrow, which is an overnight, which happens in the mountains. And uh, the price is like a little over $200, but it includes your lodging. And um, Water and Fire has gotten great notices. Uh, As we all know, I didn't get to go uh, because I had to take care of myself. Uh, Therapy and Dreams was amazing. Many of you heard the show. Uh, so you know that they, they're on point. And, uh, I told them that this wasn't going to make it into the podcast. And then, uh, I was like, oh, I got something I got to fix. So let's get into the podcast. This is it getting into the podcast. You should contact us and we'll hand you off to them. And here's how you contact us. You can hit us up on Twitter at no proscenium. You can hit us up via email, which is the best way. No underscore proscenium at outlook.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at Noah J. Nelson. You can hit Zay up on Twitter, although not for this because like he can't help you. Only I can help you. Only I at Zay Amsbury, Z A Y A M S B U R Y. Nearly had Zay's name fly out of my head. Sorry, Zay. Just apologizing to everybody. And eh, they're not going to listen. It's going to be fine. No one hears this part of the show. I'm probably going to get emails. Um, you can help us. You can you can help the Noah Nelson Learn How to Pronounce People's Names Fund. It's also called the No Proscenium uh, Patreon. <laughs> um, I will not do my Joker impression. Not right now. Don't worry. Patreon.com slash No Proscenium. Uh, you can get video chat action with us uh, if we hit the $200 goal. We're only $50 away. Help us out. Hit that goal. You can find all the great stuff we do um, where it's in print, so you don't have to worry about me butchering anyone's name, on Medium, medium.com slash no-proscenium. Two great new things on that collection this week. There is so much going on. There's another version of this where uh, I wax poetic about, oh, this is going on, this is going on. Um, Oh, Chris Porter does our music, and uh, they've got stuff going on. The Speakeasy Society. A birdie told me that Jodie Foster turned up to the key last night. A birdie also said that she was the first person to go through. That birdie also said that he was very glad he didn't vomit on her shoes because he was so nervous. <laughs> Don't worry. It was all, uh, that's all on Twitter. Um, wow. I got a notification and my brain just like went away. Look, folks, I may not have a lot of focus in my life except for you. You make it all possible. You make it so that I can bounce back after last week and just be giddy as all heck. So, with that in mind, um, we're going to go. The Axe is next week. We'll be there. Um, Next week's show, I've got a wealth of options. It's going to be a great one. I just haven't picked it yet. That's the next time you're guaranteed to hear my voice. And until then, until next time... I'll see you at the show.